Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. As we were worshipping, I saw some people as if you were going for a hike and you had a backpack on. And it's good to have a backpack where you put your water in and you put some snacks and, and whatever else in there and your mobile phone, whatever. And a backpack's good if it's got the right stuff in it. But if it's got the wrong stuff in it, it can become a burden. And I saw some people today walk into church and you're carrying it, you've got a backpack on, but it's loaded up with rocks and all this rubbish and it's about 50 kilos heavy and you're just staggering to make it through the next week. But I felt the Spirit of God say today, if you're willing to let it go and lay it down and have Jesus inside, he's going to take the, all the stuff out of the backpack that's not meant to be there and only the things you're meant to carry in the journey of life. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. There's some people here and that word speaks directly to your heart. Then, yeah, I just feel like I'm carrying this load. It's just so heavy. It could be all sorts of things, a fear or anxiety or your past or other people's expectations or whatever. But today, why don't you make a choice now and say, Lord, I'm only going to carry in my life what I'm meant to carry. Those things that are beneficial, not things that are weighing me down. That worry and anxiety and fear. Lord, the pain and the regrets. Lord, I choose to lay it down right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your breakthroughs. Your breakthroughs right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I just believe that today we'll have some time for you to respond at the end of the service. And uh, that will be really precious. I want to read a story about Jesus meeting 10 lepers. Luke 17, verse 11 to 19. We know this story, or some of you have heard it, maybe you haven't heard it before, but there's one particular aspect at the end of the story I want to pick up. Jesus travelled on toward Jerusalem and passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered one village, ten men approached him, but they kept their distance, for they were lepers. Remember, lepers were unclean and it was contagious, so they had to stay separated from all the rest of the people. They shouted, Mighty Lord, our wonderful Master, won't you have mercy on us and heal us? They'd obviously heard about Jesus and his healing power. When Jesus stopped to look at them, he spoke these words, Go to be examined by the Jewish priests. They set off and they were healed while walking along the way. Now, for those who know their Old Testament, if someone had leprosy and they felt or they had a, a boil or a skin disease, they would have to go to the priest if they felt that it was clearing up or they would go to the priest to get evaluated and then he would decide. They were like a, a, a medical doctor um, with training and they would say, yeah, you're free to go back into society or no, you have to stay separated and outcast. So they were doing it and it says, as they walked and did that, they got healed. So they, had, they didn't actually get healed in front of Jesus. They got healed when they obeyed the word of Jesus. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? Sometimes we want instant things when we ask God to forgive us or heal us. But sometimes the healing comes as we just keep walking through the journey of life, trusting God and doing whatever he's told us to do. So it's a, one of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus, shouting 
our joyous praise and glorifying God. When he found Jesus, he fell at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, you are the Messiah. This was a Samaritan, (coughs) not a Jew. Samaritans were mixed race people that were not connected to Jews and outcasts. So where are the other nine, Jesus asked. Weren't there a ten that were healed? They all refused to return to give thanks and give glory to God, except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then Jesus said to the healed man lying at his feet, Arise and go. It was your faith that brought you salvation and healing. Now, because he came back to give thanks to Jesus for the physical healing, he had a revelation that Jesus was the Messiah and he got saved. The others got their physical healing and went on and enjoyed a much better life than they would have had. Because if you get close to Jesus, your life will always change for the better. And so they had the joy of going on and being healed from this terrible, uh, incurable disease. Only one came back. The, the indication is the other nine were Jewish and just probably think, well, this is awesome, and then went on with their life. But the other guy, he came back with thanksgiving and in the process of giving thanks to Jesus, he had the revelation that he was the Messiah and the Saviour and he received salvation and healing. I think, how awesome is that? What was the key? He came back to give thanks. Today I want to talk about the power of thanksgiving. The power of giving thanks. Whether that thanks is to God, or whether it's thanking someone who served you in the shop, in the crazy Christmas shopping sales, or someone who didn't fight you for a car park and gave you the space. Do you ever give thanks? Do you thank the person? When someone goes the extra mile and gives you a great meal at a restaurant or a cafe, do you, do you give thanks on the way out? You know, we're, we're so quick to find problems and needs and negative things that we think it's our right to express our opinion. But I wonder, do we think it's our honour to give thanks? And the power of giving thanks. Only that guy is the one that recorded that he received salvation and physical healing. And like I said, yesterday was my 30th, 30th of November was my spiritual birthday. 45 years since I gave my heart to Jesus, I just find that amazing. It's been the most amazing adventure and journey without regrets. And I started to think, God, you're amazing. I saw, my heart just overflowed with thanks as I thought about all the things that have happened since I gave my heart to Jesus. And there were just so many things I want to give thanks to God for, you know. The, the, the joy of our sins forgiven, his presence, his word, meeting my lovely wife and three children and grandchildren, the privilege of then being called to serve him in youth ministry and then end up becoming a pastor for the last 35 years and seeing thousands of people come to Christ. I just thought, God, you are amazing. I started adding up. We were flying back from towns and while I was on the plane, you get a bit bored and I started thinking about all the, how many flights I've done in my life. So I'm, I'm just filling in time and I'm thought, I ended up with over 53 international flights I've been on and I was brought up on a farm um, in the bush and I lost track of how many um, flights within Australia, over 150 I think I got to in my mind and I thought, wow, I probably would have done little of that 
Because most of my overseas trips have been on missions trips and I've gone to all these countries that I never, ever would have gone to. And that just got me thinking, God, you're amazing. When we connect with you, our world gets bigger, blessings flow, his faithfulness has been there. Even when there's been challenges, God's been there. And so we give thanks for all of those things. And the power of thanksgiving uh, is so, so incredible. What a privilege to worship the Lord. He's our creator and we belong to him. We are uh, blessed by him in so many ways in our hearts and lives. So thanksgiving, gratitude, give thanks with a grateful heart. Colossians 1.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you, richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. It's awesome when you've got your heart full of thanks and gratitude. It's easy to worship God. It's, it's when you're thankful for a family member or friend who's cared for you or considered you or acknowledged you. It's so easy to give thanks. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery or waste. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. My, that's a tough one because some things are really quite difficult or painful in this life, but we can give thanks to God in the middle of all of those and it helps ease the burden and it will help us to grow through the tough seasons of life. And uh, it goes in the uh, Passion Version says in verse 20, always giving thanks to Father God for every person he brings into your life in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's a powerful thought. Every person God's brought in your life, they can be a blessing. Even the difficult ones. Guess what? You grow in patience. Even the ones who are just always disagree with you. Guess what? It will get you to think through whether you're selfish and it challenges our lives. So God can turn good through every relationship, every person, and it, sometimes if they're trying to rip us off, it will make us grow in wisdom. We can learn something from everyone in our journey of life. Be a thankful person. There's so much better to live with. Be a thankful person. There's so much better to do life with the thankful people. People have an attitude of gratitude. But hey, it's terrible when someone's just always complaining and negative. And uh, practice saying and expressing thanks with words and with gifts and acknowledging others' service. And Christmas is a great time because we give gifts. We take time to thank one another. Christmas parties come. The boss puts on a Christmas party. And so there's a, there's a time to um, give thanks and gifts to express there. We write cards and messages. Not many people do Christmas cards anymore, do they? We do all these nice electronic ones now. I'm still learning how to do those. But it's a great time because we start to think about the gift of giving that Jesus gave. And so Christmas is a great time to give thanks to one another and to express our worship to God. Practice saying and expressing thanks with words, with gifts, and acknowledging others' service and attitudes. Thanksgiving is also very powerful because in Psalm 
100, it says that thanksgiving is the doorway into God's presence. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? Someone says, oh, I don't really feel God. I said, well, just start getting thankful. And before you know it, you'll be just overwhelmed by his presence and power. Psalm 100 says, lift up a great shout of joy to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted for he keeps his promises to every generation. I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll enter his courts with praise. So how awesome is that? If you're thinking, well, life's a bit tough or, oh God, you haven't answered my prayers yet. I just start to thank him for all the things he is and has done. Thanksgiving is thanking for who he is and what he's done. And something just changes in our heart and our life. Even people that have been difficult, start to look for the things you can thank them for. And you'll be amazed your attitude towards them will change. And a lot of the other things that are annoying and frustrating, you'll think, well, is it that really that important? And our lives change. So I believe that there's great power. So thanksgiving, gratitude, it's, it's awesome. It's a doorway into his presence. Thirdly, the Bible says to remember and count your blessings. Remember and count your blessings. Psalm 103 says, With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and, and love before you, the holy God. Yahweh, you are my sole celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? I think the, uh, one of the other verses, um, how could I forget all your benefits towards me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I'd done. You've healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I can soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. Yahoo! God's blessing is there for us. Hey, we got so much to thank God for. And when you start giving thanks, all of a sudden you think of more things to give thanks for, to God and to one another. And life becomes a more enjoyable journey for all of us. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5 says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Oh, we are so good at remembering. Well, I remember when you let me down. I remember when you promised this and it didn't happen. Mate, we've we remember all those things. And the Bible says, God's love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Why? Because you have a heart of thanksgiving and you focus more on all the good things that God's done and the people have done for us. And it helps destroy that file in our minds of keeping a record of all the wrongs and the times you've let me down. 
And yes, we need to have healthy boundaries. And I'm not saying we need to let people run over us. But it's so easy to dwell on the negatives. And psychologists have done studies and says one negative comment takes at least 10 positives to, to wipe that one out. We're crazy, aren't we? You can have an amazing day at work, amazing day at church, and someone says one negative comment on the car park on the way out, and you think, oh, church was terrible today. (laughs) Didn't feel loved and accepted at all. And yet 98% of it was an amazing day. And what do we remember? The one negative comment on the way out in the car park. I think that's, we are crazy people. That's why over and over the Bible says, come on, let's learn to give thanks. Let's learn not to keep a record of wrongs, and let's move on with the blessing and the joy that God has for us. Did you realise giving thanks is God's will and plan? It's not just a good idea to do some positive stuff. I met young people sometimes say, oh, I just want to do God's will and they're praying and fasting. I want to know God's will. I said, well, I can find a couple in here that are really good. Here's one. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, let's... Let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Some of the versions say it's God's will to give thanks. So if you're not sure what God's will is, this is a good starting point. Just say, God, I'm going to give thanks to you every day. I'm going to learn to thank everyone in my life that I can. And let me tell you, you will enter into his plan for your life. It will just happen. God's plan and will is for us to give thanks. And some of you are expert at it. You're much better than I am. Because sometimes I get busy and I walk past and don't always see the details. Marilyn, she sees all the details. She's always wanting to write a card and and do a, a text of thanks. And I do it sometimes, but she does it way more than me. And I just think, how awesome is it to fulfill God's will by giving thanks? And right now, some of you are thinking, oh boy, I should, I should thank that person. And the end of year is a really good time to stop and reflect on all those people that have been a blessing or helped you during the year. It's good to send a quick note or an email or a text or do an unexpected gift for them. And it's amazing what will happen in your heart? You'll have just a freedom flow. Here's an interesting one. In Thanksgiving and prayer are intricately linked. Philippians 4, 6, 4 verse 4 says, Be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. That's a tough one, isn't it? Rejoice always. Let joy overflow, for you are united with the anointed one. Let gentleness be seen in every relationship, for our Lord is ever near. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled request before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life, then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and lovely, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we have imparted to you, and the God of peace will be with you in all things. So it says, bring your requests, your petitions, your needs to God with thanksgiving 
And sometimes when I pray, I do a whole lot of praise and worship and thanksgiving, and then my shopping list for God is, is right at the end of my prayer. I've just found that sometimes there's just a flow and a freedom and the hundred things I wanted to ask for God are down to about five by the time I've done my time of prayer and thanksgiving and worship and memorying and thanking for all the good things and I think, God, do I, well, I don't really need to, but that would be really good if we could see that happen, you know? And it's amazing how when we do that, our breakthrough comes in our prayer and our worship and our love. And the last major one I want to just talk on for a few minutes before we finish is spiritual warfare and breakthrough happens when we're thankful. It's actually a very powerful spiritual weapon. And some of you know the story in 2 Chronicles 20, verses 21, 22, that the people of God were surrounded by all these armies and they were greatly overwhelmed and the king called the people to prayer and, and seek God. And this is the strategy that God gave him. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. They went out before the soldiers. There's three huge armies about to attack them. And listen to what they were told to sing. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. They're not really fighting words, are they? Not really a war cry. God says, I want you to go out and give thanks to the Lord for his love and judgment. That's what I want you to sing and play on your instruments. And it says, as they started to do that, what happened? God heard the worship. And it says, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. So it wasn't even a war cry, hey, we're awesome, there's victory in Jesus. They just sang a song of thanks to God. God's heart was moved and then he broke through in the battle. So often we're busy praying and, and confronting the strongholds of darkness and yes, we need to bind and loose and take authority. I'm all for that. But sometimes I've learned if I do more praise and thanks, I've got to do a lot less of the other. Because the presence of Jesus comes and he just, he just can't help but be supporting and helping people that are lovers of him and ones that are thankful for his blessing in their life. And I, it's, in my life I've found I do less of spiritual warfare because I've learned praise and worship and thanksgiving is spiritual warfare because God comes and breakthroughs happen. You become aware of his presence. 1 John 3, 8 says, The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the works of the devil. Jesus has come and done that on the cross already. Now we learn to live out that victory in our lives. The King James, New King James says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the enemy, the devil. 1 John 4, 4 says, Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them. For the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. The enemy tries to intimidate us. The spirit of this world tries to intimidate us. says, oh, it's tough being a Christian. Hey, when you realize how powerful Jesus is within you, that light's more powerful than darkness, and thanksgiving and praise and worship will make the reality of God in your life so strong that the other stuff loses its influence and power. It helps Push back fear and anxiety and those things not to control us. 
And uh, we have the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, the favour of God and Jesus Christ. Within us is more than enough power to overcome the evil in this world. John uses the word world or cosmos more than any other New Testament writer 104 times to convey the concept of this world system or world order. One could describe it as the culture of the world. So Christ in you as you worship and thank Him, the Spirit of God within you will bring the Kingdom of God culture and it will push back and destroy the culture of this world that's trying to tear your family apart, trying to steal your peace, trying to rob you of a sense of purpose and value and integrity and and honesty and all those things. Hey, Christ within you is much stronger and pushes back and destroys the power of the culture of this world. That the, you know, we, we despair at times. We see things that are said and done and I think, God, how can it be so violent and so destructive, this culture of this world? But the Spirit of God within arises to push that stuff back. And we bring life. We sow seeds of hope and truth. And the pathway, the doorway often is thanksgiving in our lives. It opens up the world of His kingdom to us and we see His kingdom revealed in and through us. And I want to encourage you, that His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. One more verse to finish in Romans 6. I was stirred by this this week while we are away. It says, sin, sin is a dethroned monarch, so you must no longer give it an opportunity to rule over your life. Controlling how you live and compelling you to obey its desires and cravings. So then refuse to answer its call to surrender your body as a tool of wickedness. Instead, passionately answer God's call to keep yielding your body to Him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for His pleasure, ready to be used for His noble purpose. Remember this, sin will not conquer you, for God already has. You are not governed by law, but governed by the reign of the grace of God. Grace frees us to serve God. What are we to do then? Should we sin to our heart's contents and there's no law to condemn us anymore? What a terrible thought. Don't you realise that grace frees you to choose your own master? So you're free to choose to follow Jesus. You're free to choose to let love be your master and not revenge or anger or unforgiveness. You are free to choose to let hope fill your heart instead of despair or negativity. You are free to choose a life of thanks instead of one of criticism and negativity and looking at what's wrong with the world all the time. You are free now to choose the right things because sin is no longer your master, but Jesus has already conquered our hearts. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to live for God, that His culture sets your heart free. And it goes on and says, but choose carefully for you can surrender yourself to become a servant bound to the one you choose to obey. If you choose to love sin, it will become your master. It will own you and reward you with death. But if you choose to love and obey God, He will lead you into perfect righteousness. And God is pleased with you, for in the past you were servants of sin, but now your obedience is heart deep and your life is being moulded by truth through the teaching you're devoted to. And now you celebrate your freedom from your former master's sin. You've left its bondage and now God's perfect righteousness holds power over you as His loving servants. Wow, wow, wow. Let's stand in His presence right now. I want you to think for a moment, is anything mastering or still in control of parts of your life or mind or heart or relationships that doesn't need to be your master? 
Is pain and negativity still controlling a part of your soul when Jesus has come to set us free? Have addictions and strongholds and the, the desire to be rich or the culture of this world or the desperate need to be accepted drives you to do things that tear your soul. But today, today, I want to remind you that Jesus, when He's your Lord and Master, He brings freedom, not control. He helps you be free to make right choices. And that's the power of following Jesus. It's not about religion and laws. It's a relationship of freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. And there are people here today, maybe you're on this journey of faith saying, God, I've still got so many things controlling me. There are things I want to be free of, but they're still controlling me. But today, I'm going to reach out and receive your grace to set me free. Christians, there are times some patterns of thinking and lifestyle that still control us. But today we can say, Jesus, I don't want to let that control me anymore. I'm going to come and submit and under your Lordship and I'm going to live a thankful life. <coughs> I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm going to be full of thanks. Wow. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.